Welcome to the Portland Pentecostals podcast. We're happy you've decided to join us as we build a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. What a wonderful spirit of the Lord that I feel in the house today. And I honor you as the people of God. I am so thankful the Lord has connected my family to the Hansons and to this church. And I see some precious faces, men, women that I remember from many years ago. It has been a long time since I've been here. But I am so thankful to feel the spirit of expectancy. Can you feel that? There is a hope in this house. Woo! There is a hope in this house. Amen. I am thankful. If you have your Bibles, you can begin turning to 2 Kings chapter 6, verse number 14. I'll read a few verses of Scripture. And I want to communicate to you what I feel the Lord wants to communicate to this group. I understand some of you will be in Sunday school and various roles in the second service. But I want to thank God. You know, in a growing church and in a great church, you make those sacrifices because God is doing something. Not only have you received, but you're also imparting into other people as well. And I'm thankful for all that you're doing. All right, let's go to the word. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and they compassed the city. Now, this is a, a heathen king that is trying to take out a prophet of God. He, you know, the prophet of God is directed by God, knows every move the king is making. To the point, the king says, you know what? He said, who among you is a traitor to me? All of his captains said, listen, sir, we're not traitors. We're loyal to you. But there is a prophet over in the city. He knows what you talk about in your bedroom. And the king said, Mm, we need to get rid of that man of God. And so he brought in this great host of people, combassed the city about. And when the servant of the prophet saw, or was, he got up early and went outside, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servants said to him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. I want to talk to you today on something a little personal because recently as I would open my Bible, the print, it's its really weird. I know none of you have ever dealt with this. The print in my Bible is getting smaller. It's crazy. I mean, the print is smaller until I put my glasses on and suddenly I can see. I want to just preach to you eyes to see God things. Eyes to see God things. I don't always need them. Amen. Until I need them. So I got them up here just in case. Praise God. 
So would you lift your hands and let's ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, we are the sheep of your pasture. And I pray today that you would help us today. I pray, God, that you would move and minister to us in a great way. God, we love you and we praise you, Jesus. I trust you today, God. I worship you. Come on, lift your voice to God right now. Hallelujah. Can I get a handkerchief? Praise God. Would you look at somebody and say, God is doing great things. And I want you to see those in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you for coming this morning. I know it's rainy outside, but I'm telling you, God has a purpose even in the rain. Seeing things has become a big deal to me lately. As I told you, the print in my Bible is becoming smaller and smaller. And so... I, I put my, I finally broke down. My wife told me several times, she said, honey, you need glasses. I said, I do not need glasses. I rebuke old age in Jesus' name. It didn't work. It really didn't work. <laughs> and so I broke down and I went to Walmart and about $100 later, because I wanted the nicer frames, I got me some glasses. And when I put the glasses on, I'm telling you, there was a remarkable Oh my goodness, because I had been trying to read and, and I would be pushing the book out farther and farther. And I know, I know many of you have already lived this, but for me, it was a real experience when I put the glasses on. I said, my God, that's clear. I can see that. And I want to tell you, being able to see is the most blessed faculty that we have to perceive the beauty of a sunrise or a sunset, the colors of flowers, the white of snow, the orange of fire, the distinct of the hues and various shades of colors but as much as we covet natural sight and do what we have to do to protect it can I tell you that spiritual sight is so much better vision is the godlike sight that helps us see what God is doing in the earth and he is doing a tremendous work that is surpassing our understanding and our expectations amen there was a precious man of God a friend of mine Aaron Bounds he preached at Mississippi family camp and he just spoke it the title was I see rivers not one river but multiple rivers he was trying to inspire faith that what God is doing is so big that it is encompassing the globe God is moving at God's speed why because the time is short and God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance this is why there's revival at Portland Pentecostals is because God has found a conduit through which he can move his spirit and connect people to God things amen to miracles and to signs and to wonders and I I want somebody to realize this is God's work and he wants us to perceive that what is happening here as our good brother said at leading service we're not here engaging in a mental exercise we're not here uh, trying to improve uh, amen maybe per se our natural health we're here engaged in a spiritual pursuit of God that will result in tangible miracles in tangible realities of God putting lives back together. Amen. This is a real place of, of miracles that God is working. I have always been fascinated with the prophets and everyday miracles that God performed in the Old Testament. 
I want to just tell you about the first part of this chapter. There were men who were building a house. And as they were building, and I know you guys are in need of a building. And I'm, I'm praying that God would open your eyes and our eyes to see where God wants to put you next. You say, what are you talking about? In a growing church, you need a building to accommodate the revival. Can I tell you that I know the heartbeat of your pastor. It's to raise up leaders and to plant churches and to see multiple works happen. What's going on? God is building this church. And guess who he's using? He's using you and I. And I thank God for that. Amen. So in the building of this building, amen, the men were, they were there, they were, they were cutting down wood and all of a sudden as a guy was cutting down a tree, suddenly the axe head fell off and it not, it flew off and it fell into the river. And so when it fell in the river, what do axe heads do? They sink. It went straight to the bottom and the man was distraught and he said, oh, alas, my master, he said, this axe was borrowed and I've got to get it back to the man that I borrowed it. Can I tell you that God, He works in the practical as much as He does in the supernatural. Can, and I want you to say this with me. God is a practical God. He is. He, he's not so out there that He doesn't care about the little things. And so whenever He says this, the man of God comes and He says, Tell me where it fell in. It fell in right here, sir. It's deep right there. It fell in. The man of God, I don't know how God works all the time, but God does what God does. Everybody say it's a God thing. So the man of God went and got a stick and came and threw the stick into the water. I guess that's what God told him to do. I'm going to trust that he and God were on the same page. All I know is that when he threw it in, suddenly a piece of iron did not begin to float. The Bible says it swam. That means it not only came to the top, it started coming back. A practical miracle that God worked. You tell me God doesn't care about the everyday moments, uh, the little moments. Can I tell you, He does care about it. Woo! Now listen, I got to tell you a story that really, it's, uh, it's awkward, but it's unique, but it's cool, but it's like, I don't ever want to go there again. I was recently with my friend, Brother John Evans, a man in our church. We were doing, we were just doing errands and, and uh, we had to go pick up some deer meat that I was having processed at one of the processors nearby. And, and so I get in the truck and we, we head out and he says, man, he said, I got about 10 miles left to empty. He has a diesel truck. I said, bro, why didn't you tell me? you need a diesel we could have went and got some diesel he said well I just thought we were going to go this morning and yada yada he said look he said we'll make it and he said I got a gas can in the back well I wasn't he said you got your pushing shoes on I said I don't have my pushing shoes on I don't want to push a truck today and so we got to the processor, we got the meat, and so he put in, you know, the closest gas station, and he pulls out on Highway 49. The Lord Jesus be my witness this day, as he starts driving that truck, it just, it starts jerking. I've never been in a diesel when it runs out of diesel, but I'm telling you, it start. he said, this is it, pastor. He said, I, he said, we're 2.8 miles from the gas station. Now listen. 
I don't know where it came from, but an overwhelming desire come up within me. And I said, not today. I don't want this. This is not what I desire. I don't want him to walk and me to sit here. I, and, and I'm telling you, I, it had to be God. I said, in the name of Jesus. And I laid my hands on that dashboard. I said, I speak diesel into this truck right now. I command there to be diesel in this truck right now. And listen, I know what you're thinking. We should have never let it run out. You're right. God knew it. He's right. But we did it. And so in the moment of practicality, amen, I said, God, I speak diesel. And I could see diesel welling up in that engine. And I'm telling you, that truck went from doing this to, he said, it's working, pastor, keep praying. And I said, God, I speak it in the name of Jesus. And can I tell you, we went back up to 75 miles an hour and we did not coast into the gas station. We pulled in with strength. Yeah, we went ahead and got diesel. I didn't tempt God any further I didn't say let's try to drive a hundred miles I said you put diesel in this thing man I want you to say it with me again God cares about the practical it's an axe head it's borrowed though I gotta pay a man back prophet can you do something about it God cares about the practical and God caused the axe head to float and swim back to the man of God amen we need to understand that God can and will perform practical miracles because I know what some of you are thinking amen the economy the inflation recession what are we going to do can I tell you God provided his people with manna in the wilderness there was no visible source of a bakery but God put manna on their doorstep every day there was no visible source of a water hose but God created water in the wilderness I'm telling you God cares about the practical I remember a story about a man of God. He was a preacher, an evangelist way back. And he had his family in the car. And they were, again, the story as it was told to me, they were on a stretch of road. No money, no ability to buy food. His family is hungry. And he says, Lord... I need you right now. I need you to help. And after a little while, here came a German shepherd with a, with a grocery sack that had been rolled up. He had it in his mouth and he was walking or, or trotting and trotting toward the vehicle. The man got out. He stepped over. The German shepherd stopped. He put the bag down. He opened it up and there were sandwiches in the bag. And he fed his family. Now listen, before you say, I don't believe all that, your Bible has something even more unique unique than that the Bible says whenever the prophet was by the brook amen he was there there was a famine in the land and God used birds to take bread or take food and bring it to the prophet when's the last time in a Walmart parking lot or a Safeway parking lot have you seen birds sharing a french fry they don't share french fries I mean, listen, we had chickens before the foxes and the possums or coons got them. And chickens are mean birds. They don't share, amen, the leftover rice and beans very well. They peck each other. 
I mean, they, they listen, they are after that food. And yet God overrode the beast-like nature of birds to pick up food and fly without eating it and lay it at the prophet's feet. What am I telling you? Is that God cares about the practical. And you need to understand God is looking at your life. And you can present God with the practical. And he will bring a miracle. So don't ever say, hear me please, don't ever say, oh God doesn't care about that. Would you say this with me? God cares about everything pertaining to you. God cares about everything pertaining to you. Do you care about your kids? Yes, you care about your kids. And do you care about everything about your kids? Yes, you care about everything about your kids. And God is far superior than we are. And He cares about us. I want to preach faith into this church. He cares about you. He cares about your future. He cares about your family's future. And He's working all things for your good. Can we give God praise right now? Hallelujah. So here we have a prophet who the king of a heathen nation is after this man because this prophet knows what he's going to do before he does it. He says, I'm going to take out that man of God. He begins to come and he brings like a huge army of people, chariots and horses. He means business and he surrounds the city and and, and so the, the young man, the servant to the prophet, walks out one morning. You can imagine he's got his cup of coffee and oh, going to be a good day, I think. Oh, my God. Ah! And he runs back in and says, you're not going to believe this. What is it, son? Calm down. He said the whole city surrounded. And fear began to creep up into his life because all he knew is who was with them was greater than what he could perceive. It's just me and you against all of them. And so can I tell you, sometimes we can look at things and we don't see them clearly. And all we can see is uh, this looks really, really bad. Can I tell you that when things look really, really bad, you need to put on your glasses of faith. You need to put on, you need to go back to God and say, God, this looks bad, but I know, God, you're going to help us. I had another, I know it's practical, but I got to tell you, uh, Christine and I, we were just young marrieds in the first house that we ever owned. It was a 1,330 square foot house, just a precious little house. We loved it. And I remember one day, I got a bill in the mail and it was unexpected and I feel like it was unjust and not even justified and I remember that in God's word there was a king who took a letter that was sent from the heathen nations and laid it before the king so you know what I did I went in the back bedroom and I laid that letter out and I said hey God read that right there God can read. Do you understand? He, he knows every language. And so I began to pray. I said, God, that's not justified. That's not right. And I need you to deal with that because I ain't got the money to pay it. I'm we're not talking about a light bill. We're not talking about a water bill. You know when you've used it and you owe it. But this was unjustified. And can I tell you that God moved in that situation and God turned it around. 
The eyes tend to predict what our mouth speaks. What we see, what we, uh, what we see, we often say. This is why you cannot judge something by what you see in the natural world because we serve a supernatural God. He can change our situation overnight. Just ask Moses and the children of Israel. They came to a sea that was impassable. There's no way to get across it. And they couldn't turn and walk down the beach that way. And they could there was mountains on this side, mountains on this side, jagged terrain. And they had Pharaoh and his army behind them. And God turned the situation around. Everybody say in one night. You just look, look at your neighbor and say, just give God a little bit of time. Just give God a little bit of time. He can turn it around. I'm telling you. So here's what we've got to do. We've got to fill our mouth with faith. I said, you got to fill your mouth with faith. You cannot speak the negative. You cannot speak the, amen, the, the doubt and the fear. You cannot speak the unbelief. There are some people when you get around them, I just knew it was going to turn out bad. I just, I just knew it. I could have told you this was going to happen. You ever been around somebody like that? When it's going, amen, to pot, they're going to just tell you, I knew this was happening. It's like that, maybe that old woman in the church who just is so negative, she's going to put on her tombstone. I told you I was sick. I'm sick. I just can't recover. You know, can I tell somebody? If I can encourage you today, don't ever own your sickness. Well, you know, my cancer, your cancer. You really own that cancer? No, it ain't my cancer. My diabetes. Don't you talk about my diabetes. My diet. No, 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 no. Amen. Don't own your. Don't own that situation. You say this has got to go. I fill my mouth with faith that God can do the impossible. I fill my mouth with faith because I can see God things. Come on, somebody. You got to put your glasses on. You got to put your glasses on and say, I see things differently now. Hallelujah. The man of God, he said, he prayed. Amen. He prayed, said, God, open his eyes to see God things. Not just good things, but God things. And when the young man blinked twice or maybe one time, he saw the mountains surrounding them were filled with chariots of fire. And he began to realize, I couldn't see it before, but there was an invisible victor who had come to my defense and he's not going to let me go down and he's not going let, to let the devil take me out. I'm going to tell somebody, you need God to open your eyes. Our God is a God that can do the impossible. Woo! Would you clap your hands to the Lord, everybody? Come on, somebody. Would you give God praise right now? Hallelujah. The, horse, the mountains were filled with horses and chariots of fire. Can I tell you, God one-ups the enemy all the time. 
every time. It, the devil never comes to a gunfight with the right weaponry. You've heard it before. Why'd you bring a knife to a gunfight? And the devil always shows up and his weapon of choice is never able to overpower God's goodness and God's power and God's ability. We need a fresh renewal of wide-eyed wonderment. God. Wow. Isn't it awesome? Whenever people are going, oh God, it's so bad. You come in. God can do it. God's going to do it. And they go, man, what have you been smoking? What have you been drinking? Hey man, can I tell somebody? It's called Holy Smoke. Hey man, it's called the Holy Ghost. It's called that new, new wine. The kind that makes you glad all the time. Come on somebody, when you get the Holy Ghost, it changes your perspective. It changes your outlook. When you get full of the Holy Ghost, it causes you to say, my God can do all things. Woo! I feel hope in this house. I feel faith in this house. God is able. Let me preach just a little bit more, but not much longer. Amen. It was the blind man in the New Testament who was born blind. And the disciples asked the question, who has sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? And the Lord said, neither, but for the glory of God to be manifest. Sometimes God allows things to happen so he can get the glory. So the next time you come to a negative situation, let your response, first response be, okay, God, how do you want to get glory out of this? How do you want to extract glory out of this? It's negative. I don't like it. It's not pleasant. It's not positive. But I'm going to fill my mouth with faith. God, you can turn this around. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust you in the name of Jesus. And so God spit in the clay and made mud and smeared it on his eyes and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he came away with sight. God spit in the man's eye. Can you imagine if you showed up today to church and pastor greeted you? So good to have you. I know that would be very offensive. Can I tell you, God's ways are not our ways. His his thoughts are not our thoughts. And the man was so desperate, having been born blind, never knowing. Amen. The spit was put into his eyes. That mud and spit. Amen. In there. You know, God started creation with, with, uh, with clay. God made us from the clay. So in my mind, when God put that clay on the man's eyes, he said, I'm just putting the substance I started with. I made eyeballs out of mud and so I'm going to give you some eyeballs but I got to put them on the outside no go wash and when you wash they'll get on the inside and he washed those eyes and he opened them and he could see amen the Pharisees were very offended they said how did this happen and then he, he said the man he said this man I know not who he is he said but he told me he put mud in my eyes said go wash and you're going to see he said I, I don't know who he is I don't know why he did what he did but listen I can see And they were filled with doubt. They said, you need to give God praise. We know this man is a sinner. Tell us, how did he heal you? His response is, all I know is now I was blind, but now I see. Can I tell somebody, when people, when God starts doing God things, when God gives you a building that can accommodate five and six hundred, or maybe a thousand, and people say, how'd y'all get that building? 
that? How, how did it come about? How did God save your family? How'd you get all that money? How'd you do that? And they began to, uh-huh, yeah, something, something is work. Hey, listen, God's at work. Amen. You want to doubt this? It's a God thing. And you need eyes to see God things. Don't let negativity, amen, rule overrule your miracle. Amen. They would literally want that man to be blind again. He said, I'm not going back to the way it was. And Jesus looked at those Pharisees. He said, listen, he said, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they're blind. And they said, are you seeing that we're blind? He said, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. And so here's the reality. When we come to God and we say, God, it's not in my strength to see, but God, if you will give me God vision, if you'll help my faith to increase, if you'll cause me to see what you see, God, I'm going to believe it. You know what happened? We are, what happens? We usually see things as we are, not as they are. The children of Israel, and I'm closing, at the entering in of Canaan, they said, we are as grasshoppers in our own sight. They were saying, they were saying, conquer Canaan with these grasshoppers? We can't do it. You look like a grasshopper. And God was saying, I don't see you as grasshoppers. I see you as giant killers. You've got to fill your mouth with faith. You've got to say, I believe God can do anything. Amen. We see ourselves as small. So they must think we're small also. But listen, and I close with this. When they got to, to Jericho, Rahab the harlot, she said, when she housed the men that one night so they could conquer the city, she said, we know about you guys. She said, we've been scared of you for years. You have? Yeah. Yeah, we've been scared because we knew you were coming and we were afraid you were going to take us out. Amen. Can I tell somebody, you may see yourself as small, but the devil sees the God inside of you. He sees greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Come on, somebody. Amen. You need to put your glasses on this morning and say, I believe God. Can we stand to our feet right now? Would you lift your hands to the Lord and would you begin to praise him? Come on, somebody. Would you lift your faith to God? God and tell him I believe you God I believe you God I trust you God I worship you God I thank you God I know that you're working God even when I cannot see it you're working even when I don't know it you're working oh God you're working all things for my good Come on, that's it. With hands lifted. Uh, with voices lifted. Uh.